All right, this is not the stream that I want to be doing here. Uh, I'm Steve Nellis. That's Tony Ferrari. First off, Tony, how you doing? Uh, I'm sad, but I just went and saw a wonderful kids movie, so I guess my day's not the worst. Yeah, this. Uh, I, I guess that's one silver lining. Uh, yeah. Obviously, everyone's kind of seen the news by now. The World Junior Championship will not continue. Um, that there's been talks of there's a report out of the Czech Republic or Czechia, sorry, that this tournament might return in some form in the spring. Obviously, we don't know any details about that. But man, I, I would not want to be involved with organizing an international hockey tournament right now. You've got the Women's World Championship canceled. You've got a couple of those divisions below the below the main division. You've got a couple of the uh, men's U20 tournaments canceled. And then of course you got the NHL not going to Olympics. It's like it's a rough time right now to be having to deal with this. It really is. It sucks because everyone's going to automatically blame the IHF and, and they have their share of the blame as well. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of these international uh, committees that aren't really stepping up to the plate and haven't done what they need to do. I mean, we look at the world juniors now and we're like, man, it, it, why wouldn't you have done what you did last year where the bubble was so successful? And, and we look at Hockey Canada and ask that question and we look at the world women's world under 18s and, and same thing with Sweden. And, and now we're starting to see some pushback there. So It'd be interesting if if Chechia does kind of figure out that maybe, hey, we can get a U20 tournament going. And what that looks like, I have no idea, though. Yeah, we, we don't know the details. Obviously, there's logistical concerns about having it in the spring. You've got European playoffs going on. You've got also the U18s got to come out at some point. Um, you've got to worry about the, are all the players going to be healthy to play? Um, what about, like, if that's not the case, are you allowed to then bring in new players? So it's kind of a tough situation, kind of no matter what they do. Um, but man, this 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 hurts. And we kind of knew there would be some issues when they didn't go to a bubble. And obviously, when they planned this tournament, uh, even just a couple of weeks ago, things were looking okay. Yeah, the, the the new variant of the virus was was coming, but it wasn't kind of knocking out. We weren't getting the numbers that we're getting now. And now the reality is four players got the virus, they got got tested positive for it, and we've had to shut the tournament down out of 250 players. And, and that's a tough one because you look at it and some of these guys this is the highest level of hockey they'll get to this this tournament being able to represent uh on the international stage they might never get that opportunity again and that's it and this probably could have been avoided yeah and i mean we look at the the 2002 born group and a lot of those guys missed the u18s they missed the, now the u20s and they're not going to get a chance to, to play again going forward in this in this level of competition like you mentioned uh, and like you said, it could have been avoided. They, they've done the bubble before. We've seen the bubble in Texas when they did the U18s last year. There, there were steps to be taken, but it, it seemed like for whatever reason, this tournament, everyone everyone took a step off the, the gas pedal in, in terms of COVID protection. And I mean, there was a report of a wedding going on at the U.S. and Sweden, Swedish hotel. And like, I feel like that's just one of those things where you can't have that happening. Like, I understand this, this wedding booked it and whatnot, but this tournament needs to take better care of their, their players because... At the end of the day, like you can't have a super spreader event in the middle of the World Juniors. No, and it's something there where there was obviously a lot of reports of if people that were in the hotel that necessarily weren't wearing masks and not the players. It sounds like the players did a really good job of talking to some yeah. people kind of close to the situation. It seemed like everyone was kind of giving props to the players and the teams for how they handle it. And it was kind of sort of forces outside of their control, which is terrible but then you look at it like in the past they rented their whole hotels they kind of bubbled the players they made it so these guys were not going to be exposed to anything and unfortunately we got to the situation we're here where yeah it's going to be a couple of cases and, and the, there's one way of looking at it. okay only four cases but 
what if it gets more? We're, we're four cases in a two-day span, essentially. And I did a radio thing uh, yesterday afternoon. It was, I want to say it was about 1.30, you know, 12.30. And I said, everything's looking good. This tournament's doing a great job. It's like, no, nothing's wrong. We're going to continue. And then literally, like, after I hung up the phone, there's cancellation to the USA game. And then there's the one cancellation this morning. And then there's another. It's like, he, he, eventually, you had to say, we can't keep doing this as we go on through the tournament. If they got another two cancellations tomorrow, there's only two games, but let's say they got that and they got another cancellation day after. Then you've got a lot of teams that are just kind of out of it because of just having to forfeit off of the rules. And you could say, okay, well, maybe like why are you testing players that don't have any symptoms? Well, you got to test these players because if you pass it on to someone who ends up getting it, gets really sick, it's a lot of people, myself included, have been very affected by this virus and you, you, you got to take control of it. But you're still looking at a situation here where in reality, this whole tournament's canceled over only a couple people testing positively. Yeah. And I think that was the big thing. Cause I had the same thing happen to me. I went on the radio this morning and right before I went on the Chechia game and fin- versus Finland was, it was canceled. And so we kind of talked about that and I'd said, man, like this tournament has been fun is, and as long as we can keep these cancellations under control, I think we should have a good tournament. And then within 30 minutes of me getting off the radio, the Russia Slovakia game was canceled. And, and you started to see things starting to roll where they, they started talking about, Hey, the, the, they're, they're meeting up and they're going to have real discussions about whether this tournament should go on any longer and, and whatnot. And at, at the end of the day, they decided to cancel it. And like you said, it was four cases. It, it sucks. And, I understand it. It's it's unfortunate as it is. Like I know TSN's probably dying right now because it's the big money maker for them and everything. But at the end of the day, those four cases, especially with the spread of this variant, the Omicron variant, it, it's just crazy right now. So those four cases could easily turn into 15, 20, 30 by the end of the, tomorrow, even as we've seen the, the NHL go from, oh, we're have to cancel one game to, oh, wow, we're canceling through Christmas. And so it's, it, it's a test, testy situation, but it sucks nonetheless. We have one comment here asking, was the person who was in charge of organizing the bubble the same person who would be doing that for this tournament? No, we don't We don't know who specifically. Hockey Canada did organize yeah. this tournament with the WHF as they did for last year's tournament. There was a lot of the positive cases, but those were from basically bring it with them from the yeah, sound. Yeah. When you look at Germany last year and look at these other teams that got hit with it. So it's a slightly different situation. Like last year actually had way more COVID cases for the tournament than this one did. They did get it under control kind of once the tournament got on. It was leading into the tournament where there was an issue. So uh, in terms of that, it, it, it it's part of it is you look at it when they had to organize this tournament and the situation of COVID was a little bit different. We There, there was the vaccines, there was boosters getting uh, loaded out and there wasn't these crazy amount of cases that we had to deal with. The numbers were not sky high as we're seeing now in Canada and Alberta and that became an issue. And it's also like people are saying, let's just move the tournament to somewhere else in Canada. It's like, you can't just do that. And we, we, we saw at the Women's World Championship. It's it's not as easy as just moving to a new place. There's a lot that has to go into it. Uh, could there have been the steps to maybe make it so the fans weren't allowed to go? Because while there was this this reported outbreak um, of all these – in Red Deer, all this stuff in Red Deer, you still had the Checker or the Chechia game. Uh, canceled and they're in Edmonton so you still got those two situations there and a lot of the fans there wasn't a high attendance for these games and they were kept away from the players but it's still something where it's like they almost had to kind of make the decision before this tournament started when they saw the rising of, of of Omicron and everything to separate things a bit more than they did and kind of follow more of what happened last year. 
Yeah, I think this might be, might be an, a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I don't think it's the fans that, that really made the difference in this one because, as you mentioned, they put it at 50% capacity, but most games didn't even come close to that. I, I think even the, some of the Canada games didn't get to 50% capacity so far. So it, it's not really the fans that I think did this. I think it was just the environment that they put themselves in without trying to bubble up, without taking those extra precautions as they did last year. And like you mentioned, the vaccines, the boosters, all that stuff played into fact to why they didn't do that this year. But at the end of the day, I think you, they look back at this tournament and they go, we should have bubbled like instantaneously. One of the things, the more exciting things, this could be more of a Canadian thing. And by the way, we, we haven't heard a statement from uh, Hockey Canada. No, no. Uh, at, at this time of we're doing this recording and they haven't done a press conference. We are kind of yeah. waiting to hear what they have to say. The WHF has released a statement. Um, the WHF, in a lot of cases, they're, they're providing the rules. They're providing a lot of the support. But it's still Hockey Canada's like event. It's the host event that yeah. puts on this thing. Um, but when you look at it, it's like it was cool for I think a lot of Canadians fans were excited to see Owen Power, Shane Ryan, and Connor Bedard, the potential for 2021, 2022, and 2023 top prospect from each draft playing together. That's something we don't get to see. But then you look at guys where Owen Power won't be back here the next year. Shane Wright should will probably not be here next year. Mason McTavish likely won't be here next year. And you got guys like that on every single team where this was kind of their chance to end their junior career on a positive note and get to play on the national stage. And that's taken away. The 2002 age group that already got hit with the U18s being canceled they've now lost this tournament too. And it, it didn't look like it was going to be that way. If you we were talking about this time yesterday, I still think we're not talking about anywhere close to a, a cancellation. It wasn't until today. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like I said, I went in this morning with, with hopes that we we're going to get these games off today. And even after that Chechia game was canceled, I was like, all right, the first game of the day is canceled again. Like we'll, we'll move on and get the rest of the things going. And, and then the Russia Slovakia game came down. And, and that's when the worries really started with some, some buzz going around about cancellation. But like you said, we're not going to get to see this 2002 group again at the junior level, really. Like, if we're being honest, at least not the top end guys, because Mason McTavish is gone. Let's be honest. He's in the NHL next year. Owen Power is probably in the NHL next year. A lot of these guys from that the group on Canada and, and throughout both to every other team, Jake Sanderson's not going to be here next year. Like there, there's a lot of guys that are are missing that chance at at getting that World Junior Gold. That at the end of the day, I, I know we talk about how this is a Canadian tournament that Canadians care about more than anyone. But you see the way these guys react. You you watch those German kids singing mm -hmm. the national anthem after their win over Czechia, and, and they care. Like some of these guys aren't going to get that chance again. Florian Elias on that team. He doesn't get that chance again. So it's it's heartbreaking for those kids because they don't get that chance to throw on that national team jersey. And at the end of the day, this might be the last time they get to do it because not every kid that plays in the World Juniors gets to play for the World Championships or the Olympics in 2026 or whenever we get those again next. So it's, it's really heartbreaking for a lot of these kids. And you look at the other divisions of the other U20 tournaments that have been canceled. A lot of those players, like that may have been their only chance to play for the national team, period. There's no real money to be made in a lot of the smaller countries. So this would be kind of their big chance of saying, you know, I can wrap my country in a really important event. A lot of players just quit after a certain point because there is no real money to be made. Um, and you play like semi-pro or you play in the pro league in some of these nations where the league's not that great to begin with. Um, but then you look at it, and th there's some positives to be taken out of it. You know, we're still going to see potential, well, likely, Connor Bedard, Matthew Mechka, Dalbor Dvorsky. We're still going to see some pretty good talent for next year's draft, but when you, or next year's tournament. But the 2022 draft's one that's seen in a pretty positive light with all this talent that, like you said, they just like, we're going to be losing that. And 
it's a, such a shame, I think, because this is just, it, it, these guys have had to go through so much. And, you know, they're, they're kids, and a lot of these guys will probably go on to successful pro careers. It's not like Shane Wright really needed this tournament yeah. to really kind of set the stage. But it's like for, for him, it's like this is something to add to his resume. And look what Crosby and McDavid were able to do. But Shane Wright's a very, very good player on his own. And that whole opportunity is, is essentially gone. And it's it's tough, but I guess there's still the positive of next year. There's still going to be some really good players, and the 2023 draft makes that exciting. Yeah, and in the the two players that I, I kind of just thought of is Cole Perfetti and uh, Owen Power. Both those guys had the chance to be to join Patrice Bergeron as the only two mm-hmm. as the only three players to win the World Championships in the world before in the World Juniors before playing in the NHL. So, it, it man, it, it sucks for those guys to get that that kind of taken away from them. It sucks for a lot of these guys, but like you said, there's a lot of positives going forward with some of these teams. Uh, Austria, if I'm not mistaken, is bringing 15 plus back uh, for next year's tournament, most likely. Slovakia is bringing, I think, a dozen back. Like, there's going to be some talent at next year's tournament that we got to see a little glimpse of it this year, but it, it still sucks nonetheless. And you mentioned kind of just like how Germany reacted to that win and how big like a game like that is to them. Look at Austria; they they actually did take some positives out of that game. Yep. They scored more goals than they had in any of these World Junior games. Uh, they went out there and actually like more than doubled their shots than, than what they had against Finland in their first game. So there's some positives to be taken away from that. But it's it's like even though for Austria there was a chance that they could have made the quarterfinals if the tournament continued and Chechia had to back out of another game, which actually did start to look pretty likely based off the timeline of events. That would have been interesting. Um, but it's it's also something where I think if this tournament went on and you get it, no matter what, if you got another cancellation, you're looking at it as, okay, there's going to be that asterisk for whoever wins. And we know there's people who say that for the NHL, it's not a playoffs and stuff like that. But all of a sudden you start making it so teams are making it far in the playoffs because the team they played against couldn't play. Like could, in theory, Austria go out there and maybe – there was a chance. Well, they would have to play like one of if they made the quarterfinals, one of USA, Sweden, and and Russia, and, and two of those teams got hit by this. So this is something where they could have maybe moved on somehow. And so I guess we don't have to worry about that. But it's like, again, it hurts. Yeah, it, it would have been super weird if we ended up with a tournament where it's like Canada with the gold, Sweden with the bronze, or Sweden with the silver, and then all of a sudden Austria with the bronze or something. Where just because they kind of lucked their way through through some games and and end up winning the bronze by default or something. Like we had those situations at hand that could have happened. So I understand why they canceled. They wanted to keep the competitive balance as well. I think that was a big thing that I've seen pointed out a few times. So it's really unfortunate but man like it would have been really awkward if we had a team kind of locking their way into a bronze medal or something i guess to just kind of maybe end this on more positive what was your favorite part of this tournament oh i think the easy one is Connor bedard but i'm gonna go with yes that's performance in that mm-hmm. that last game he had where he put 48 saves up on the, the slovakian team because not only was Jesper per an absolute beauty in that game like he just looked amazing like he's proven everyone that he should have been the first goaltender take. And I keep saying that, but uh, yeah, at, at, the, at the end of the day, it also proved how, how lethal Slovakia's attack was like that team put up a really solid effort. And despite losing that game, like that, that was a hell of a performance by those guys. I think like we said, there's going to be a lot of those guys coming back to the, to the tournament next year. Hopefully it can go off without a hitch and there's a little bit more structure for next year, but man, that Slovakia teams want to keep an eye on. So I, I definitely love that. How about yourself? Coming here from Eric Bowden said the Germans winning was fun to watch. Of course, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so my for me, I'd say just seeing the fans back uh, in this. Uh, I think the fans being back in the, in the audience 
was pretty fun to see. Obviously, last year it felt so weird watching Canada USA, one of the biggest rivalries in hockey, played in front of nobody. It yeah. just felt so weird. So I guess we'll end it there. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of questions, a lot of. Well, I think the, the the thing here is when we wait to hear what Hockey Canada has to say, I think they're going to be having to answer some really tough questions. Um, and uh, I can tell you just just from reading the media group chat for this tournament, there are a lot of unhappy people who say like this this shouldn't have ended this way. So uh, it's it's a really tough way to end. So, anyways, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Tony, on this uh, short notice. I uh, did not want to talk to you under these circumstances, but yeah, thank me you. either, buddy. So, all right, everybody, thank you very much for watching, and uh, the, we still have some more World Junior coverage to come.